0: farting or was she already that good at farting like does she have a natural fart talent and then, she had a over. And then she, somebody was like dude you could monetize this you or is she legitimately into cake farting it started as a being a
1: cake girl, and then you get into the more specific niche things for 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 oh, more money
0: don't you get on that for fucking more
1: money purposes refrigerator that's and what then, it's called and then like you get good at the specific like a niche fetish so you think that purposes. she started being a
0: cam girl and that uh hey was somebody get the cam we'll out the, the cat. fridge you think what oh, the oh, fuck oh. you know what fine just let her no Kai, just let her just, uh, <laughs> she's gonna get stuck but just let her be let her learn no let her be there
1: i don't i don't want
0: She's already interrupting the podcast, I think.
2: She
0: does. <laughs> you little shit. I was just gonna let her learn from her mistakes because that's the only way she stops jumping on something is if she does it once and gets stuck. Oh. You piece of shit. Here,
2: give so, her, give y- her to me.
0: you think. Kai, your pants are so low that I can see part of your dick, I think.
2: I don't, I'm not packing.
0: Oh, well, never mind. It was just a weird bulge in your underwear. <laughs> They're very low, though. <laughs> Is it real? Did it t- oh no, there's a cat stuck to Aaron.
1: Ow. Oh, Jesus. This is a real fuck of a beginning of a podcast, huh? <laughs> a,
0: real,
2: a real cake fart of a start.
0: So One you think say. she got into, like, she was a cam girl. Yes. And then somebody demanded of her cake farting.
1: Not specifically cake farting, probably just farting and then...
0: No, she, I bet somebody because I'm just wondering how the idea like somebody well no no then had she, to have demanded she, that she, ever. Somebody, I don't, Do you think she came up with cake farting? Is no, that what you're proposing? I do not. Proposing? I think okay.
1: I think that somebody but, was into farts and then said, "Will you do this?" And then she was like, "Oh, this is you know something like I can market." Her, and then it became like uh, her thing, and she was like the fart the girl. fart girl, and then well, one of many fart girls, and then somebody specifically who was there for the farts requested cake farts. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel
2: like it's, that's the only video I've ever seen of her. And of her doing cake
1: farts. Have fart. you looked?
2: I mean, I search cake farts like a couple times a year, as I said.
0: Do you? But have but you? She
2: does say at the beginning, you know what I like the best?
0: And That's no one cake asks. Farts. No
2: one asks what. And she just goes, cake,
1: cake farts. <laughs> Aaron. And look.
2: she lets out her hair and says, let's get this done. Yeah, it's my favorite line. It
0: sounds as though she loves it, but also f- like feels compelled to do it. Like it's it is her job for yeah, yeah. to cake, so she's like,
2: "Let's you can love get this job. done." You can't
0: love your job. No,
2: but she's no, I know so that. Confidently. No, that's she's
0: true. Like, let's, let's get, f- get, this, get done. this done. And then she yeah.
2: lets her hair out of her hair tie and flings it out in all directions.
0: Yeah, and then f- farts in the there. squats on the cake, cake and again. then farts. Yeah. Um. Hi. Welcome to Kevin's it's it's We Play. It's a podcast about cake farts. Uh, if you've never seen that video, I highly Don't. recommend googling it. I
1: mean, it depends on a lot of things.
0: I think just watch it. I mean, I and guess form your own opinions about it. Sure. Is what I think.
2: It is pornographic.
1: Yeah, that's.
0: Is she naked in the cake? Yeah, farts she's video? naked
1: from the
2: waist
0: down. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was on YouTube.
1: No. So she... Oh.
0: Okay. No. You can't show a
1: farting butt on
2: YouTube. <laughs>
0: You know, you're right. Actually. I know I'm uh, right. Uh, uh, No, you're right. Uh, it's
2: a kind of a gross cake, too. So. Yeah, it's not a good yeah, it's looking like cake. It's like a shitty Safeway if you watch cake. Great, if you watch Great British Bake Off and you get offended at some of the decoration failures, then d- also don't watch. Yeah. Um, it's
0: yeah, it's like a shitty grocery store cake. And so anyway, I I'm remember I'm talking to about cake farts. I'm my Hannah. pronouns are they, Fuck. them, theirs. And I'm, I'm Hannah, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. <laughs> I'm
2: Aaron, my pronouns are he, him, his. And Hello. Uh, welcome
0: to If It's Game We Play, a podcast that is actually about video games, not cake farts. We tricked you. yeah, But you should watch cake farts. Okay. Uh, I think. I, it well, it, don't watch it at work, because it no. is technically pornography. i not say you know what? No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. It, it is, is definitely pornography, pornography. for people who are into that, which is not me, but to each their own. Um, <laughs> hey, Kai. You <laughs>
1: couched that so strongly, which is definitely not me. Hey, Hannah.
0: Hi. <laughs> Uh, we have so much to talk about because we haven't mm-hmm. recorded in two weeks, and we've done a lot of really intense, intensely gay and intense things over the past- Oh, have we? Tell me about weeks, them. Two weeks, I think. Oh, and, good um, point. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I did hold up my fingers. <laughs> <so> <laughs> you I did. Say, I to say something very poignant. Uh, we've done a lot over the past two weeks. Yeah, we Uh, have. we didn't record last week because we were just doing so much. We've gone- We were, yeah. We've- we've went on one long vacation together. Yes. And then we went on two separate mini-vacations. Yours was just going home to spend time with your parents for the weekend. Mine
1: was going home to take care of my mother for the yeah, weekend. Yeah, that's not
0: so much a vacation. No,
1: it was more a, uh, a job that I don't get paid for.
0: Well, yeah, because she's your mom and... <laughs> I love her. You love her. Um, and, yeah, mine was a, a working vacation. Mm-hmm. It was a retreat, like a work retreat. mm mm-hmm. um, but So let's take it from the top. Okay. What is the gayest thing you've done in the last two weeks? Because I know the answer to this question. Do you want to just talk about...
1: You know th- my answer?
0: Well, yeah. We talked about it before we started recording. The lesbians.
1: Yeah, the lesbians. Definitely the lesbians. How about you take the lesbians and how about I take a different answer?
0: But you... D- it's... Okay. <laughs> All right. But we both did it together. Yeah, we so did both like do it together. We can just talk about it. We, okay. So, okay, so, okay, listen, so, okay, so, Look. listen, Uh when we were in Canada, Kai's aunt and uncle know some lesbians.
1: They do. We all the know aunt. some lesbians, Hannah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we all know lesbians, Kai, and... uh they were in town, they're from the States. They're You're from Berkeley. Yeah, because of course they Obviously, are. yes. And, were uh, they're living in Berkeley right now. Yes, from yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. A variety of places. Um,
0: and they're from New England, I think, because that's where all lesbians.
1: Originate. American lesbians
0: come from. Yes. When I, this is a very quick tangent. When I was okay. young, I was like probably 11. Uh, my mom's cousin, who is a lesbian. Wow. Who I've met only once. She's the only other gay family family member that I have that I know of gave me a Red Sox World Series hat do I care about baseball no at all never have other than I had to say I was a Red Sox fan because my grandma's from Massachusetts sure don't care don't at me on that I don't I do not care at all about baseball and anyway it I it wasn't about the sports it was like in retrospect it was like oh she was she was passing the snapback as it will from one lesbian to I another think it freezes, as it were what did I say as it will Oh, I thought I said as it were. No. <laughs> I meant to say, I, whatever. And, uh, so anyway, there were some lesbians. They were from New England, where all lesbians come from. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Kai's aunt and uncle, uh, and the lesbians asked Kai to come perform their show Transbender for them, the lesbians. Just yes. And Kai's aunt and uncle, it turned out to just be Kai's aunt because of some other circumstances. Yes. And, uh, and the lesbians and one of the lesbians' adult daughter. Yes. And... It was amazing. We did it in like their Airbnb. Well, Kai did it. I ran the sound, so we did it. But we Kai is the performer. But I did it. Um, um, and uh, we did it in this. their like cool Airbnb on the beach, on the, like the coast of Roberts Creek, mm-hmm. not on the beach, but on the coast. Um, it was in a
1: C-chelt, actually. In seashell,
0: yeah, seashell uh, in the Sunshine Coast.
1: Seashell. No,
0: I said seashell.
1: Yeah, you said sea. C-
0: no, I said seashell. Okay, <laughs> I just said it quick. I see. Stop! Stop it. Okay. <laughs> And I'm trying to tell a beautiful story. All right, okay, okay. I did right, their right. thing for the lesbians, and then we had her talk back after, because it's part of the show. And uh, it turns out, like, these are both women in their 70s, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, lesbians in their 70s. And one of them came out, like, as part of the women's liberation movement. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a school teacher at the time and marched in one of the first protest marches after Stonewall.
1: Yeah, um, in New York.
0: She was, like, on the fucking... She was on Ground Zero. Well, I don't know if I should say that. I would that not say here. that.
1: She was on the ground floor. Ground Zero floor. can
0: mean many things. Uh, wake up, America. Um, she was, like, on the front lines, like, the vanguard yeah. of the revolution. Uh, and it was so cool. The talk back we had with them was, like, them expressing that we are, we, Kai, and I articulated a lot of really cool things about gender identity, gender and identity, um, and the Stonewall lesbian um Talked to Kai about how a lot of things they articulated about like their identity and the way they relate to gender and stuff like really resonated mm-hmm. with her. Um, and like the daughter had a lot of was like probably closer to RH had a lot of yeah cool things she was in the thirties. Um, and it was just so good and cool. And they showed us this song, this old song Alex called Dobbs
1: Dobbs Alex
0: Dobbs A L I X Dobbs Dobkin Dobkin uh, called. Any Uh, woman can be a lesbian.
1: Yes. Every woman
0: Or is is it every?
1: let me see. Um it's a very she's she's like a comedy singer. Yeah, it's every woman can be a lesbian. Every woman can be a lesbian. Um and she has all of these great songs about like lesbians lesbian culture and like funny stuff about lesbians. It is I mean, she was writing in like I believe the sixties and so it's pretty, you know, cis normative and stuff. yeah. Yeah. But that's you know
0: it's an important part of our history it's that an I important know, part of our history about. yeah and it was just so cool like i i talked to um i talked to them about like i told my story of how i didn't want to identify i've told this on the podcast about like how i didn't want to identify as a lesbian and then i got really mad at a turf and started identifying as a lesbian mm-hmm. um and in the part of the story where i was like fuck you i'm a lesbian the older lesbians cheered for me it was very it was good
1: affirming so
0: cool and affirming and validating um I'm a much bigger dyke now than I was before I went on that trip. Truly,
1: and I got the question that I often get that I don't think I've talked about on the podcast, which is, um, maybe I have, are you, like, in the process of becoming a trans man? Uh, and the answer was and is no, um, but I did get to talk about being non-binary and a lesbian and a person who is assigned female birth who's medically transitioning alongside all of those identities and the fact that that's, like, cool. Mm -hmm. was was just very good i feel like um something that's really come of that interaction is a strong desire to increase the connection between uh lgbtq uia plus um youths and elders Mm -hmm. um in the community because i feel like there used to not be this rift because there was like Mentorship and like uh, teaching through the community, but with the advent of the internet, a little bit of that personal connection has been lost. So Mm -hmm. a little bit of the connection between different generations of um, LGBTQ plus folks is is lost. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, Like
0: now, there's. I mean, we Kai and I had a long discussion about something that's happening on Tumblr earlier, (laughs) and how Tumblr is the worst fucking place in the world. God bless us, though. Um. But, like, Tumblr culture and things like it can sort of create this, like, echo chamber of young queers all, like, just talking about their experiences together and sort of, yeah, circle jerking about it and not really, like, criticizing their elders without giving any credence to what their elders have done. Like, saying, like, oh, these elders are problematic and they should be canceled without, like, a, attempting to bring them into the conversation and B, recognizing how those people, like, laid their life literally laid their lives on the line Yeah, I feel survived. like it's a
1: historical ignorance. Yeah, so historical... that we can be here yeah.
0: circle jerking about it on the internet now. Um, and, like, they f- laid down, they fucking, like, marched against police in the 70s so that we can go get drunk at Charlie's now. Yeah, I mean. Which is a gay club and never. Yes. Uh, which is the first one that came to mind. Um... And so, yeah, yeah, uh, that's something that of Which is not about. to say
1: that, like, everything is perfect now. No,
0: but it's it's just saying that, like, we need to be... Bra- we need to, A, be learning from our elders, absolutely. And they
1: have stuff to learn from us, too. Absolutely,
0: yeah, and bringing our elders into the it's conversations about how we build stronger community and how we all learn and grow together and yeah. how we... Incorporate the help of our allies without privileging their voices above our own, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be. So that was really 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 neat. It, um, it neat. also feels like it happened three lifetimes ago. Yeah, it was
1: very fulfilling, but it was also three years ago. So it it's was yeah. Hard to it was back on it.
0: at most like two and a half weeks ago, but I don't know anything anymore. Like it's been no. so much. We got back from Canada, and then four days later, I left on this very intense and very cool and very life changing retreat.
1: And I left on an intense and emotional journey. Yeah. Uh, to go through some of my old schoolwork and help out my dear old mom.
0: Yeah. Um, I wish we could read your short story on the podcast.
1: Me too, but we can't.
0: Maybe we'll do a mini episode that's yeah. just reading old stories from when we were uh, in middle school.
1: It's because
0: Kai it's wrote very a good. real ringer of a short story. It's about, excellent. It's about a hero named Morbus and his fight against the corporation. It
1: is entitled Disposable Heroes, which is a Metallica song.
0: Yeah. Don't reveal to them the twist, though. I won't. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> So Kai, is that what? the gayest thing you've done in the past two weeks? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh,
1: what are you playing right now?
0: Um, I have been replaying Mass Effect Three. Shocker. I know. Well, I've been continuing the same replay because I really I brought my Switch to Canada as you all know, and then I when do. I got back, I didn't have time to play video games that whole week or that whole like four days I had until I left again, and uh-huh. I didn't bring video games on the retreat because that would have been.
1: A silly thing to do. A silly do.
0: thing to do. Somebody did bring Mario Kart so we could like all play. Well, that's, Somebody fun. Yeah, that's a Somebody brought that Switch and we all play like Mario Kart and yeah. Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time together. Um, and there Love was a Mario Kart tournament at one point in time. Um, but I wasn't going to like bring my own personal Switch to like fucking hide up in a corner game, and so like. I spent all my time uh, either writing or interacting with my beloved chosen family. And it was really, really, really valuable and cool for me. Um, oh. Hey. This anklet that I've been wearing since Pride 2017 just finally came off.
1: Well, we're doing a gay podcast, so. Yeah.
0: that's I'm going to think more about what that means later, because you're supposed to wear these until they come off, and then there's, like, energy attached to it. I don't yeah. remember what my original, like, wish or prayer in that was. I don't know. Um, neat. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, that's so, it's going to be so weird. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's just a really, like, oh, that a really jarring. transformative moment for me. Uh, so since I got back, uh, I got back on Monday and I was very hungover because of the events of Sunday night, which included something called the Shakespeare Olympics, which included something called the Gauntlet, which it included, included but was not keg stand. Yeah, was included <laughs> but not limited to a cake stand competition,
2: mm-hmm. which I
0: did very well at. That's probably the straightest thing I've done in the past couple of weeks uh was bro out really hard in a competitive environment yeah but that's really called disidentification
1: stands. and it means that you're like reclaiming yeah
0: that. well the pe- the people the person who was the best overall the kickstands was our friend jason who went to state college but the two runners up for being the best at kickstands were the tiniest queer women there which were me and
1: addy who's been on the podcast
0: yeah erstwhile podcast host addy yes um Tiny Gaze. So. Standing on okay. case. This is all... It's all. of which is to say I got home hungover <laughs> and all I wanted to do was play Mass Effect all day and then I got really reinvested and I'm playing Mass now Effect. Now you're
1: playing later. it again. Cool, cool, cool.
0: I just did the terrible uh, Samara's mission in 3 where you go to the Arda Yakshi Monastery yeah, and, and you just fight a bunch so of banshees and yeah, it
1: yeah. sucks. It does suck.
0: Um, Kai, what are you playing right
1: now? I'm still playing We Happy Few. Uh, I have also been in situations where I have not been able to, um, play a lot of games. So I probably got maybe, like, five hours in over the past, over the past, like, week or so. Um, and that's, that's been really good because, uh, after our conversation about it in Canada, it really kind of re-energized my interest in the playthrough. And it's still, like, a very engaging game that I do very much enjoy, um, yeah, I uh, I kind of forget where I am right now, but like I'm in general still... or in <laughs> in the game, I'm uh, okay. still in. <laughs> Thank f- God. I'm still in. Part... I
0: Kai, like, you're recording a I'm podcast. In you're in our one. kitchen.
1: I'm still in part one where you're playing as Arthur Hastings. Oh, so you switch
0: um, perspectives? You switch, pl- like, no. player characters?
1: No, I've always been Arthur Hastings. I'm just saying, no, no, I'm no. still in part no, one. Moving where Moving
0: forward, play- you will yes, switch. yes, I will. That's what yes. I'm saying in the game. As I thought a you whole, meant yes, you, you do. You switch uh,
1: to two other people, player characters. Yes. And they're characters that you meet in the other parts of the playthrough. So, like, I've already met another character that I will be playing at. Interesting. Which is very exciting, and I'm very curious to play from that character's perspective. Do
0: you ever get to play as anybody who isn't a straight white man?
1: Uh Uh-huh. You get to play as a lady. Great. And she's a chemist.
0: Is that euphemism for a lesbian? No. Oh. Is she gay? I don't know.
1: know. No, I don't. I don't know. We can only help. Fingers crossed, bud. (laughs) Um... But yeah. Anyway, so I'm still on. I'm still on part one because I do this thing where I have to like look at all the parts of the map, and I have to like do all the side quests. Um, oh,
0: Kai wow. is a complete a
1: completionist,
0: complete completionist, complete which completionist. is great, and I support that about them. Thank and you. Also, watching them play video games
1: is an arduous task. Is an arduous task that nobody else should do.
0: Um, that's why I, I play alone. D- I do something else while I'm watching them play. Yeah, video
1: because games. it's it's not fun to watch me. Yes, yes. You
2: should, you should play. Uh, the sniper game with me because i play that
1: the same way oh boy i will play the sniper game so, i you spent ever.
2: i spent four hours on the very first map which i believe mm, is that supposed sounds to like about me an hour. <laughs> dope because <laughs> i i systematically killed every single yes person you, the must. Entire map. you must see
0: that's fun i like I, the sniper I, games i will uh i've never played one but i do i'll be completionist oftentimes in terms of killing every enemy which probably says a lot about me uh, and the first time I play through things, I try to be as completionist as possible, but if something is like really tedious and or I just can't figure it out, if I can't figure it out and I look it up and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like fun, I won't do it. Um, it's or like if the battle's just impossible, like in Kingdom Hearts, is it one or two that the Sephiroth battle is in?
2: One, both.
0: Is it both? Okay. So, really? The,
2: the one that's easier to access is in one, which is right, in Achilles just... Arena. Yeah. The one that's harder is near the entrance to the Tron world after you've defeated yeah, in, the Tron world in number two. In Hollow
0: Bastion, you can stumble Correct. upon the Sephiroth fight. You can fight. stumble
2: upon uh, Sephiroth having just defeated Cloud. Yeah, I remember and that. And then you have to fight... Sephiroth, yeah. And I think you unlock his sword
0: if you yeah. do it. Or like mm. a sword. Or yeah, like a keyblade that's a key like... Blade. that's on me. I, uh... Yeah, I never did the Sephiroth fights. Well, I also played those games when I was like a young person. A child, yes. Who was not good at... Yeah, some might even call me a child. I, I would. Who was no, no good at video games, but I stumbled into both of those. But I never did either of those fights because uh-huh. they started and I died in like one hit. And I uh-huh. was like, oh, this doesn't sound like fun to get good at. Now... I wouldn't put that much time and energy into Kingdom Hearts, but in other video games, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I will do it over and over and over again until I fucking do it. I watched you. Um, and, yeah, that's... Those are video games. So...
1: So, Kai. The reason why I wanted to end with what i was playing is because it connects to our main segment which is a continuation the
0: reason i've gathered you all here today
1: the reason that we're sitting at this kitchen table um i guess technically dining room is because uh we're gonna keep talking about dystopia and dystopian dystopia. games it's like the darkness
0: the dystopia you
1: had a lot to say
0: earlier. We were just talking at dinner the other day about how Riri has never let us down. And I just think yes. that's really important to mention.
1: No, it is very important to mention. Um,
0: um, I did have a lot to say earlier. Will you remind me what that was?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> part we of the rep- reason I was prompting you was because I forgot a lot about it. Fuck. Okay.
0: Um, I wanted to talk about, so last episode. We left off. we oh,
1: rushing uh, a lot of queer dystopian yes,
0: stuff. Yes. We wanted to. Fuck. We... <laughs> We never got to talk about, like we sort of shoved it in at the end last time, but we, <laughs> that's what they said. Um, we never get to talk about, uh, I'm so what, sorry. What are you doing? I don't
2: know. What are you I don't, actually I don't,
0: doing? I honestly don't know. I Since I got back from retreat, I have felt like I forgot how to interact with other human beings. Like Kristen and mean? I had to leave retreat <laughs> briefly to go get more alcohol, because we drank all almost all of the absurd quantity we brought. And we were at the liquor store and like it was both of us like we had just returned from a mission to another planet and like we hadn't been on earth in a hundred years um so we never got to so talk anyway about, fuck just let <laughs> let me go and i promise i will get there okay we didn't really get to talk about how dystopian fiction and specifically we have a few actually deals with queerness like we did you talked a little bit about like the two queer narratives you've um uh encountered so far with Mm -hmm. the the guy in the bathtub and the lady yes and um but we didn't really get to talk about like queering dystopia oh I remember what I was talking about at brunch we I wanted to talk about how most dystopian like popular dystopian fiction is written by straight white men Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um straight cis white men as far as we know and so how most dystopian fiction like that people know of like Brave New World 1984 uh is a the vision of a dystopia from the most privileged subset of society um and so t- sort of talking about that and taking that into account i don't know much about the creative team of We Happy Few, I I was just
1: looking up some stuff about it. I mean, it's made by Compulsion Games.
0: Yes. I know about its influences, certainly, including but not limited to the two things that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk about that, and I wanted to talk about uh, how those dystopias, like, deal with and punish deviants, because there's often not a lot of explicit queer representation because they're written by straight cis white men, and- who like it's their vision, one could argue it's like their vision of a dystopia because they don't experience that kind of thing in their day-to-day life. Like mm-hmm. they don't it, for a lot of like queer folks and people of color, like the world already is a dystopia. Um and I wanted to talk about like reading so the hero in dystopian fiction is usually I talked about a little bit, like, is the truth seeker, right? Yeah. They're the like you watch them become you usually you don't know, the the narrative in these popular fictions doesn't start with that person already outside of the hegemony. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're inside. It starts with
0: them inside the hegemony, like, having doubts about the hegemony, mm-hmm. and then breaking out, whether successfully or not, from that hegemony. Um, there, I think I touched on this a little bit last time. I think one could argue that the Matrix, ma- matrix is, like, technologically dystopian fiction.
1: I want to go back uh, and talk about uh, the people who are writing dystopian literature. Okay. real quick um before we change subjects sure i uh, was just
0: kind of giving like an overview can i finish my sentence really quick yeah i'm not gonna dive into my talk of the matrix.
1: okay um
0: that the matrix was made by what at the time we thought were cis white men it turns out is two trans ladies um so they are have always been trans women it's just nobody knew that at the time that the matrix came out and they mm-hmm. were not out um and so that you can very successfully queer it and read it, read all of that and like the hero in the dystopian fiction like recognizing the problems with the Gemini and sort of breaking out of the Gemini as an uh, allegory for queerness.
1: Cool. So yeah,
0: that's a, a syllabus of I see, what I, I see. want to talk um, about. I definitely... A, um, what do they call that at the beginning of an academic article?
1: I'm sorry, like an abstract? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So... <laughs> I you get there with this finger I, I did
1: actually. That was very useful. Um... Because that's the exact size of a normal abstract, yeah. finger motion. Uh, I don't think that every single dystopian novel could be used as an allegory for queerness.
0: No, certainly not. Yeah. I mean, anything can be queered, but
1: yeah, 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 successfully
0: yeah, yeah. or unsuccessfully. Um,
1: I, I want to talk more about the fact that like the authors of dystopian novels are mostly cishet white men. Um, also the protagonists in most dystopian novels are happen to be cishet cis white men. men. Yep. And a lot of the themes in a lot of dystopian novels are surrounding, uh, love and lust and freedom of sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, or freedom of like bisexuality. I don't mean like gay, straight, Right, whatever. just the
0: ability to have sex. Like the
1: ability to have sex or like it's what like freedom sex of feels like. It's freedom body. of pleasure feels and body. It's freedom of pleasure and body. There's a lot
0: of body autonomy and that's talk.
1: fascinating because- Cishet white men are arguably the least lacking in bodily autonomy right, like, in our culture. Least, which is not yeah. to say that cishet white men do not experience body policing, because some of right. the worst body policing, well, all body policing is bad. A lot of bad body policing is A lot of bad body policing is on In the way that, like, a
0: woman people. or somebody perceived as a woman can wear jeans walking down the street, and it, like, ain't no thing. Anybody can wear jeans. But if a, somebody perceived as a man wears a dress wa- or a skirt walking Everyone's down the street, like, everybody's like, oh, everybody's fuck,
1: like, you. fuck it. But, like, what I'm saying is the, the fact that the most nightmarish scenario for these cishet white, white male authors is to lose bodily mm-hmm. autonomy is fascinating to me because it's almost like trying to imagine, uh, trying to conceive of a reality, um, in which they would lose that to create that empathetic, well, hopefully to create that empathetic Mm -hmm. response for other people who might not necessarily have the same level of bodily autonomy or a different kind of body policing. Um, and, and that, that, that train of thought is just very engaging to me because I know that, um, we, if few was not created entirely by men as evidenced by, this photo of compulsion games and the bios that i currently have pulled up in front of me right now they seem to be very um quirky and young <laughs> oh
0: my god quirky and young yeah fun very and flirty quirky and young
1: very fun and flirty i would say
0: um yeah and it's interesting to me i don't this is kind of stereotypic i don't think it's the, the case across the board but i feel like a lot of people who i whom i know whose Favorite book is 1984, for instance, are cishet white men.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think part of that, again, that's a, a wild stereotype. If your favorite book is 1984, I'm not shitting on you or 1984.
1: I at like all. 1984.
0: Uh, I haven't read it since high school, so I would need to reread it to like have a real I opinion like it very about much. it because I didn't like anything I read in high school because no, I didn't nobody did. I was in high school and I didn't like anything, uh, until like my senior year, like I liked King Lear. Um... Okay. Yeah. There's a. I have a really funny King Lear story, but that's well, not for it's right now. not the time or place. And, but like, for me, when I read dystopian stuff or like, whatever, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, it's already like that. Like, do you not know that? Or like, like when people are talking about how like now in America, it's like 1984. I'm like, bitch, it's always been like 1984.
1: Depending on your perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that yeah. like,
0: from my perspective, it's that's just the truth of the matter is that it's always been from like this. It's always been a dystopia for the uh, underprivileged and oppressed members of society. Like if you want to write a short story about a government, not like either releasing or otherwise just being completely, completely unwilling to treat a uh, horrifying death plague against the population um, and having the medication and refusing to give it to the population. Right. I'm like, that would be that's a short like a horrifying a short story that I, f- I feel like I can envision like somebody writing and ever being like whoa this is so groundbreaking. Meanwhile, queer people are over here like yeah that's happened to us. I mean it
1: reminds me a lot of um the the school of thought that uh, Native Americans are living in a post-apocalyptic world
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh because of the horrific genocide oh totally and yeah like native survivors. Uh, and yeah stuff. discrimination that has continued like for them um that that just reminds me of that I guess something something that i appreciate about 1984 that sort of connects to this idea um and part of the reason i think that we're talking about 1984 is because we have a few so obviously draws mm-hmm. from well, with this like the literature historical
0: revisionism and the re- you work as a redactor yeah you literally work as a
1: redactor which is basically the equivalent mm-hmm. of what winston did in the ministry of truth in and i think in terms winston of is the main character in
0: 1984 and with brave new world and the soma and the equivalent of the yeah, Joy, yeah, yeah. in terms of like salience I think for a large subset of audience or like if you were an American teenager who had the privilege of going uh through the American educational system it's not a good educational system but if you have the privilege of education it is very likely because of common curriculum that you read one or both of these books Mm -hmm. um because I think they're in the common curriculum Mm -hmm. and so at the very
1: least they're in pop culture a lot of right it's like it's
0: a there are other more sort of more obscure obscure references that uh, like jenna from Polygon has made a couple videos about these for we happy few that i don't know like that mm. spy show whatever it's called the british one about the island with oh the, spies. Uh, the
1: prison the prisoner the, the prisoner, prisoner yeah
0: that i don't i am not really familiar wh- with outside yeah. of that context it's quite funny um so anyway oh it lost my train of thought a little bit but it's it's you go.
1: I can talk about what I was gonna talk about. Yeah, um sorry. Something that I really appreciate about dystopian novels, uh, is the breakdown of um signification. Mm-hmm. Like signifiers, like symbols. They they spend a lot of time deconstructing the barriers between what is possible and what is not possible and what is good and what is evil and what is Mm -hmm. ethical and unethical which are like binary constructions created by humanity which do serve a purpose do not get me wrong however I think that it is important to break down signification especially at a hegemonic level because a lot of the things that are perceived as bad or evil at a hegemonic level are not inherently right like ethically wrong, right. which, you know, not necessarily everything or is. Or
0: vice versa. Like, yeah, exactly. Who gets you know, the decide things, what's
1: ethical? The things that are seen as like ethical and good and pure, mm-hmm. like
0: having a nuclear family
1: or whatever and like having a good job and going to college and all that aren't yeah. necessarily things that are true for everyone. Well, and
0: like ethics, like, um, and I, you know, obviously I haven't read that much queer theory, but uh, Kate Bornstein talks about in, in my new gender workbook, uh, talks a lot about like, what is the difference between ethics or morality and values and so forth? And, like, how do you figure out what you actually, like, believe and want to stick to? Yeah, yeah. And breaking out how, like, morals, this is sort of an oversimplification, but, like, morals come from an external source. Like, they come yeah, yeah, from yeah. a sort of, like, spiritual or religious base. And when you break apart those, like, and, like, ethics comes from, like, often, like, a legal or, like, a... um like a a philosophical base but Mm -hmm. it's all like coming from external sources and values are what you let cull for yourself out of all those other things Mm -hmm. you like look at it and you think of like okay what are the power structures behind this ethic or this moral Mm -hmm. because like for instance like the law is obviously not a trustworthy metric right like sure it is totally legal under the 13th amendment for uh like cops to imprison black people for absolutely no reason at all mm-hmm. because the 13th amendment states that slavery is illegal except in cases of punishment for a crime so like obviously like state-funded slavery is what's going on in prisons mm-hmm. um that is all pretty legal but obviously very bad
1: um so something that i think is valuable about the designification of things in all of these um should I go into the history of some designification that's queer, or should I just.
0: If you can do it very briefly, okay.
1: yes. So, in uh, the 1990s uh, text Homos, Leo Bersani wrote about Jean Genet's um, funeral rites and how Jean Genet was like supposedly this early anti relational queer theorist, uh, which means a lot of things that aren't important right now, but he basically lionized the concepts of evil, betrayal, murder. Um, unfortunately, fascism, like a lot of things that are bad because he was attempting to hyper-deconstruct our conceptions of what is bad and what what is Mm -hmm. good, right? I think that a lot of dystopian novels serve to deconstruct our concepts of what is bad and what is good mm. at a at a hyper at a hyper level at a hyper performative level in order to get us to reflect on that in our daily lives and i think that we happy few has a very similar journey of that with arthur hastings like original like office job like going at the ministry of truth and then he has a moment uh from is it his
0: called the ministry of truth no it's game? not called okay.
1: the ministry of truth i'm sorry i just fucked up because be like, it's so similar to
0: 1984 really on the nose um that
1: would be very on the nose um the reason why he remembers his past and the reason why he elects to stop buying into this hegemonic narrative is because he sees an image of himself and his brother as children. Mm -hmm. And I think that that connection to the past Mm -hmm. is a very... I think that the past contains traces of like joy and ecstatic moments that can help us create the like create versions of those mm-hmm. moments in the present totally or create like senses of community that have existed in the past and the present. And I think that the fact that Arthur Hastings like saw an image from the past and was like, I should make this decision mm-hmm. now um, and decided to like stop being on joy and then was kind of excommunicated from the society and then came back as like an infiltrator, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, kind of a classic, Mm-hmm. Dystopian narrative. Oh, it's, yeah,
0: it's a totally dystopian, classic dystopian narrative. It's very engaging in mm-hmm. the way that
1: it connects with uh, deconstructing our moral imperatives mm-hmm. and like recontextualizing them in a more community-oriented way. The way that they in We Happy Few portray the the like different levels of society is so. Heavily like differentiated, like the people that are not a part of the joy taking society, and only because they get sick from taking joy. Mm-hmm. Most of well, the time, well, isn't
0: there a thing where like people build up? Some people build up a tolerance to joy. And then it's it not necessarily
1: a tolerance. It's okay. that they get a bad batch of joy mm. that was chemically made like improperly, and then it makes them sick, and then they can't take any other joy,
0: mm, like um, joy from the. So, so the
1: government is actually anymore. responsible for them not being able to take Ooh, joy, and then doesn't take credit. I'm for
0: very it. interested. I'm interested in a lot of things this probably we don't have time for all this but i'm very interested in that in the context of like mk ultra and the acid tests.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: uh very very interested in that um and i'm very interested that i'm very interested in um the metaphor the like literal metaphor of like joy as drug with like literally joy in we happy few and like soma in um brave uh, new world, brave new world. Or truth as drug, like in the Matrix, or or even um, like Snowpiercer has that they take that like explosive stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah, upper yeah. classes
0: and stuff. Like I feel like very often in like dystopian stuff, there is either like the Matrix is an example of like you take a drug in order to have the truth, which I think is very interesting in the context of like, context of like psychedelic theory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or very often it's like the upper classes.
1: Like t- escapism. Yeah.
0: T- are, are you know, have more privilege and are also taking these very escapist drugs in order to live in that privilege in some way. Like, truth mm-hmm. is like, like this commodified joy as like anti drug, which is not, it's synthetic joy. It's like, too, it's like how people who are wrong um, view antidepressants, mm-hmm. but it's like synthetic feeling rather than, and like you could, you could, um, You know, I think people take this too far, but you could talk about it, how, like, people, like, have their caffeine and their cigarettes and their alcohol and they, like, numb themselves and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like there's a lot of rhetoric about that in our society now. Sure, sure. About, like, the privileged upper classes and, like, certain things where, like, cocaine is a rich kid drug, like... And like I know people are not rich. I don't support doing cocaine, but I support people. I I don't support. I know people who are not rich. I do not support doing cocaine at all. I hate cocaine. Explain why. Uh, because cocaine is fundamentally exploitative. There is no ethical way to obtain cocaine. Okay, thank you. I just wanted
1: you to go into that. Yeah,
0: it's it all supports tyrannical governments, and it is all brought here often by child laborers. Um, so if you've ever done cocaine, a child likely died to bring you cocaine. Uh, and I think that's horrifying. Probably like, multiple. Yeah, probably multiple children and or...
2: And you're funding cartels to yeah, ca- uh, uh, you know, citizens mm-hmm. and hang them from bridges to yeah. keep people in a uh, their own dystopian A militant hell. fear state. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't do cocaine. I know people who are not rich who do cocaine. Um, but how, like, if you are a member of the upper class elite, like, oftentimes you get more access to those, like substances than people who don't like i can't even imagine what kind of drugs they're doing in hollywood like and how that is often the ruin of the upper class i think is is rhetoric that is in our society too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just taken to it's it's very literalized in things like we happy few where you yeah you are a member of the like
2: Middle to middle class yeah
0: middle to upper class if you are taking joy yeah. and to stop taking joy or to be unable to take joy makes you part of the outcast and then you basically starve to death in a field
1: yeah if you're not able to like survive by your own i think that we happy few is a very uh rich like vein of topics to mm-hmm. explore because i think that it's a very well done combination of all of these themes yeah, and literature like, well and it pulls and from a society. lot of different sources well well, that's the thing is you could say like oh it's ripping off like dystopian novels Mm -hmm. or whatever but I think that it's not in the fact that it's just like picking and choosing what it feels helps create like a viable narrative for now um something else that I wanted to like in in the same in the same rich vein of like things that are important to discuss when we have a few I'm interested to continue learning more about the government structure Mm -hmm. um because of the fact that not only can designification be positive and help us reconceive, like, why our laws are bad, like the the prison system, for instance, will it can you, also be yes.
0: Sorry, will you give a concise definition for what the word designification means?
1: So yes, I apologize. I thought I already did. Um,
0: no, you're fine. I think you gave like a history of it. Yeah, but, but I, I want to understand say what why. the word specifically. So, in is. my
1: understanding, uh, s- like signifiers and symbols are pretty interchangeable terms. Okay i
0: thought I, no i agree <laughs> okay okay just carry on um
1: i will keep calm and carry on thank you great uh, there's Ooh,
0: dystopia
1: <laughs> um so a red like a a stop sign right we all understand what that means mm-hmm. like in america like that's Ooh, our symbol into for like stop
0: modernist language theory yeah you
1: definitely i mean that's what i'm drawing from that's what yeah. a lot of queer theory draws from is modernist language theory actually um I have Gertrude some stuff to talk to you about after this Gertrude uh, show. Gertrude Stein,
0: Tiny Buttons. Anyway. I won't.
1: Um, like you just,
0: I said Gertrude Stein, Tiny Buttons, and you said I won't. I know. Um, <laughs> okay. The,
1: we all understand that a stop sign contextually in our culture means to stop. We also mm-hmm. understand like the different lights on yeah. like a stoplight signify different things. That's pretty much like the pared down version of what signifiers are mm-hmm. like when when i say a certain word there are societal connotations with the word for, in, for example when you said ground zero earlier that yeah, term it, by itself does, it does not, not inherently mean, mean the ground zero zone of 9-11 like the but where it has that happened. A
0: cultural but as a cultural uh, connotation yeah, connotation
1: and such it is a symbol And all words are symbols and all words have like Mm -hmm. cultural connotations.
0: So designification is removing the meaning from its, the the inherent connection between the signifier and its meaning. Yes, exactly. So if I were to say, between the object and its signifier. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Uh, So if I were to say, like, um, oh gosh, I don't know, the word radical has a lot of uh, like, Signifiers behind it, uh, like in relation to feminism, in relation to queerness, in relation to like hegemonic culture, in relation to skateboarding too, like
0: in a bit ba- in relation to being super fucking rad.
1: It's very rad. In hegemonic culture, that word is seen as negative. Like radicalized mm-hmm. is a bad term. Yeah, and that's that's fascinating for me. But what I what I'm going to say is. Um, Designification can also be a method of brainwashing Mm -hmm, and a method used by fascists in dystopian novels as well as real life to reconstrue the meanings of good and evil and Mm -hmm. ethical and unethical in a way that serves their own purposes.
0: Oh, totally, yeah.
1: Um, And that, especially now, interests me in the context of we happy few because i am l- currently learning the symbols that are present mm-hmm. in the world of we happy totally. few because yeah, when you're you still play like a video game yeah when you play a video game you're picking up on the cultural connotations in the game of what all the things mean and that's Part of what it is to like learn to play a game and like get you mm-hmm. saw the controls in the world, the, world and how the rules of the in world. This world, and
0: yeah, how the mm-hmm. game, like yeah, the rules of the game.
1: Exactly. And what's really interesting for me is the fact that when you go into like the outcast zone, you have to be wearing tattered clothes, or else they will chase you around and mm-hmm. be angry at you and like beat oh, you oh yeah up. there's
0: a huge amount to say about code mm-hmm. switching and the yeah. context of we happy few exactly and how you have to very literally code switch in order to function in certain
1: can you define code switching for us
0: code switching yeah is um the... should we stop hold on we live near a fire station
1: well that was an ambulance
0: from the fire station
1: they come from fire stations too. i thought they came from hospitals
0: well it might come from do we also live near a hospital well that's true um, Thank God! Thank called? God we live near a hospital. No um, <laughs> yeah,
1: saved my life.
0: Saved your appendix. Uh, well, you well, pulled it out. Your actually. body from your appendix, yeah, exactly. actually. So code code switching is <laughs> the notion that. It's less literal. like Well, it can be very literal in the modern world. So, like, for instance, I dress a certain way to go to the goth club. And I dress a different way if I'm going to dinner with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I talk certain ways when I'm around my friends. And I talk certain ways if I was speaking to, like, an authority figure who might hurt me or my parents, for instance. So, code switching is the, is the notion that people, especially marginalized people... Employ- especially
1: people of color. Especially
0: people of color, yeah. It comes from, like, critical race theory, and, like, um, it, like I learned it in the context of analyzing... I was in an African-American literature course, mm-hmm. is what it was called. Um, And it's the notion that, like, the oppressed must employ uh, different ways of being or dressing or speaking or standing, uh, even... In order to interact with different strata of society. So
1: the oppressed know both the hegemonic, like, we're using the word hegemonic a lot. That's mm-hmm. just like majority culture, basically, mm-hmm. in the like, way that we're using um, it. Um,
0: like, uh, uh, like pop culture,
1: like, yeah, uh, like majority culture, jeans. like, um,
0: very like unified. Uh, that's not the word I'm looking for, but like very like Universal, broad. Yeah, yeah, broad. A uh, Pop, popular and, and, uh, mainstream culture
1: the way that i like to understand it is kind of in the movie uh paris is burning
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which which shows uh these like disenfranchised queer people of color who are performing like pieces of uh mm-hmm. majority culture like totally. pop culture yeah, like, like, like just average businessmen and it's a competition yeah, um, to like
0: be like, who can, pass, who can the best pass the best as like a straight businessman? Yeah, and it's the notion that like codes they have
1: to know both. Yeah, they have to know both.
0: Anybody can do code switching, but like the in order to sort of get ahead, I say with codes. Um, the oppressed must know the language and signifiers of the oppressor and be able to emulate them or choose to reject them entirely. But uh, and must know the language and culture of their. Community, the oppressed community, Mm -hmm. in order to fit in with them, so like assimilationist gays, one could argue have entirely code switched. They don't have gay culture anymore. Like they only exist within the context. Well, I wouldn't
1: call that code switching. Then I would say that they've just assimilated. They've just assimilated,
0: right? The 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 like if you switch all your codes, you've just assimilated. Um, Well, forever. Forever, yes. That's yes. If you switch all your codes, forever. Yes. and well, so in We Happy Few, it becomes very literalized where you have to, and I think there's other video game. There's definitely other video games that employ this. Like you have to wear certain clothes, yeah, like costumes, to, like to uh,
1: Legend and, of Zelda. Yeah, oh yeah, like in Breath wear... of the Wild.
0: Breath of the Wild, in order to get into the, you have to. It often has a most of the time it has a practical application and the only time it isn't purely practical is that you have to wear the quote unquote women's clothes Mm -hmm. in order to go into the gerudo city where it is all women yes um that's debatable because i think there's transness it's just not told well um and so but in we happy few it's like you'll be barred from going into certain areas or if you go into certain areas wearing the wrong thing it the it's a fail state for the game. It's like, not a
1: fail state. You the people react.
0: What I'm saying is like you could get killed. Yeah, you instantly. can get killed. Like, yeah, yeah. Cannot... It's not an
1: automatic fail. state. Yeah,
0: you but you cannot proceed in that portion of the game without switching the code. to Oh, that. you
1: can proceed. You just will have an angry mob chasing you.
0: I see.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting the way uh, we hmm. happy few. I've noticed. I have yet to run into a fail state for the game. Interesting. Uh, except for the first like five seconds in which I played and decided to take the joy yep, pill at the beginning of the game and was the, the only person to do so. Uh, and immediately the game ended and I saw the credits and I was like, oh, that was a very short, uh, short and sweet,
0: short I and sweet it. bit. I did it. That was worth 60 So technically
1: I'm the first person who finished We Happy Few on the Xbox One is all I'm saying. But um, yes, I have not run into a fail state for the game yet, despite the fact that I have fucked up before mm-hmm. and had like mobs of people chase after me. I, you, you hide and you change yourself or your actions to the appropriate thing when you come back and everything's like fine. hmm Um, and then and when that's you, interesting. yeah,
0: because you are, because in it, you, we have a few, your character so far playing as Arthur, Arthur has become, uh, become, do I have to say his full name?
1: I will. Okay. He's, he's one of those people. I don't know.
0: Okay. That's fine. He's just got I such su- a name. I support know? it. Um, that he he has entered into this society's like oppressed minority by no longer like being a downer like not being on his joy is like the, he's part of the disenfranchised portion of the society mm-hmm. so in order to he was originally part of that society it's sort of like coming out as gay one could argue um, in order to re-enter and become a part of the society he was once a part of, he has to code switch constantly. Code switch.
1: Um, yeah, it's really interesting that you bring that up because I think that was something that we were talking about earlier. Is is the oh fuck man? Is the way in which mm-hmm. like um, see? No, totally. I get it. I am also very tired. Is the way in which these these narratives? It's. It reminds me so much of like that, um, oh, that old thing that people have said for a while, and it was, it was about, uh, I'm sorry, you looked the like a Nazis. Vulcan when
0: you just did that with your forehead. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um, that's the highest compliment I've ever received. Um, it was like, first they came for
0: so and so, and then they came and, for so and so. Yeah,
1: yeah, it feels, it feels very similar to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Explain what you mean by that.
1: Well, because, like, I I feel like currently we're kind of in one of those places like we've been talking about a little bit. Um
0: Is this related to the code switching or a separate thought?
1: Well, it's related to the thing that you just said about like the queer.
0: Oh, okay. The yeah, queer carry on. Sorry, narrative.
1: Sorry. Um It just reminds me of like first, first like we've always been coming for people of color in the mm-hmm. US like our entire nation and government and economic system is based on the like, oppression of the oppression people of people of color. of color, uh and like other marginalized folks. Um and I I feel like I'm seeing people coming for insert here uh-huh. now. And totally. then like nobody's doing anything. And then we're coming like like Fucking hell, we we came for the uh, immigrant children, and a lot of those young people are still imprisoned. Mm -hmm.
0: Children have died. Yes. In ice camps. At least one child is confirmed to have died in ice camps.
1: Yeah, and like...
0: Oh, can we take a brief pause to say, call your senators today if you haven't already. Yes. Because they're voting on the Kavanaugh nomination. Get
2: Kavanaugh out of there. Yeah.
0: It would Uh, be really horrifying to... And, like, Supreme Court is a lifetime appointment. Um, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Dude's only 52 three yeah
1: yeah he's quite young uh, uh and he three
2: that's the he
0: rule. will overturn roe v wade like there's no question among uh, other things yeah uh that's like one of on the top of his priority yeah. list though
1: he called birth control uh abortion pills
0: Mm-hmm. so call your senators please um yeah say you are so-and-so you're a constituent from so-and-so and you are against kavanaugh that's basically all you have to say Anyway, um, speaking of people coming for people, what were we talking about?
1: We were talking about uh, code switching, and then I was talking about that one poem.
0: I don't think it's a poem. Is it it's not just, a poem? I think it's just a, I think it's an accidental poem, but it's just a maybe. Thing. people. I think it. Eli Waisel might have said it.
1: Uh, maybe in Night, do you think?
0: No, I don't think it was in Night. I don't think it really matters. Oh, it was
1: by Martin Niemuller. Gotcha.
0: Um. Anyway, so yeah. Code switching being a huge part of dystopias, and oftentimes it's the it's the like the the reason that the protagonist is cast out of the society is they refuse to conform to the hegemonic code. Um, and in that's a what lot I'm of saying. And
1: then fictions. they came for me because in a lot of dystopian fictions, the protagonist is relatively privileged, right? Like, and it's
0: so interesting that that like that's the person you're meant to sympathize with the most mm-hmm. is the person who like. Was a pretty privileged member of the society, and then had to like undergo this horrific event in order to start seeing that like other people but are suffering time, oppression in this world. They
1: are like shown to be uh, abnormal in some way, mm-hmm. uh, academic context of queer in some way. Like in Brave yeah. New World, the main character whose name I forget, um, but I'll talk about first uh, Winston from 1984. Mm-hmm. He's like. I made to be like thought of as different on the inside or whatever, you know, like his his brain. Bernard Marx, um, is
0: M A R X Marx. Yes, yeah, oh. uh,
1: it's very <laughs> it's on the nose on the nose. Yeah, his um. His growth has been slightly stunted, even though he's an alpha plus, so he's like a shorter alpha plus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so he, yeah, is, like mm, oftentimes
0: the character is a member it, of the most privileged class, but like but different a, in a half small step way. Off from yeah, yeah, small way, yeah, yeah. And
1: I feel like Arthur Hastings is like a least very
0: privileged of the privileged.
1: Yes, Arthur Hastings, in a very similar way, is like gangly and awkward and kind of weird, and mm-hmm. people perceive him as such. And like the fact that he was the one who fell. Makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense because he had like a little notch that he could be pulled down from. Yeah, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, like his footing was already slightly looser than it could have otherwise. Yeah, been. and I
1: find that narrative his to be brother, so interesting. Your
0: brother, your you as Arthur Hastings, your brother is neuroatypical, is well. He yes, not?
1: he's neuroatypical indeed, neurodivergent mm-hmm. um, in some way that has not yet been fully explained. Mm-hmm. I really hope they don't. Me, I shitting. really hope they don't make it shitty uh so much but like it's i think that the fact that um your brother is neurotypical is a very interesting tidbit to throw in because so much of we happy few is based on alternative world war one and world war two i learned uh history Mm -hmm. um
0: like it's set in the 60s
1: yeah yeah and it's supposed to be happening during some sort of alternative cold war which we don't fully i don't i Mm -hmm. don't fully know
0: but you see a lot Um, of like the newspapers and stuff have a lot of like anti-communist rhetoric but it does this really interesting thing where it makes communist leaders like an, it like they yeah, they make the bolsheviks an anti-communist group.
1: yeah it's very interesting so i'm very interested about out. that yeah, yeah like is it
0: a capitalist i don't r- is it like I've, topsy-turvy where russia is all hyper-capitalist i'm very interested
1: i've been reading all of the like stuff that i can get my gay little hands on in the game
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i don't have any answers yet uh <laughs> But anyway, the fact that uh, Nazi Germany persecuted disabled people Mm -hmm. as well is, you know, notable in this context. Because Whenever you talk about dystopian fiction, dystopian literature, dystopian video games, you pretty much have to talk about fascism. And when you talk about fascism, you have to talk about one of the biggest fascist uprisings in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. Like Germany, Italy.
0: Um, I'm so interested in... So, like, obviously, the favorite tool I would say of the oppressor, especially the fascist oppressor, oppressor, is to punish difference and punish truth seeking, right? So that's why I think you always view you pretty much always view it through the lens of the truth seeker and the different, um, and the deviant in some way, mm-hmm. either through their inherent being or their behavior or what have you, but. Oh, what? There was a second half of my thought. It was going to be good. I promise. Let me get it. Um,
1: If you don't get there, I've got something. No,
0: I'm going to get there. Okay. How? Oof. (laughs) Fuck me. God bless
1: you. This is a tough day.
0: It's a. I'm tired. However, (laughs) in in light of and furthermore, that fuck me. It's that's the favorite. I had so many good thoughts about this. It was something about how you are the deviant and the favorite thing is to punish the deviant oh, man. and the way to do it, but it's like the person, I don't think this is what I was going to say, but the the deviant that you're seeing this world through the lens of is not like that deviant by our standards. Like it's it's
1: they're like not deviant enough so that the reader whoever they are like especially if they're a privileged person can't identify with them. Mm-hmm, totally. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Because it goes yeah, like some people's biggest complaints about like movies like Black Panther mm-hmm. or Moonlight albums or Albums like Lemonade. Yeah, like like is visual is the fact
0: Visual you like Lemonade.
1: Well, yes, I, I heard you yes. and agreed. Um, is is that no, like was re-
0: I was just updating this, Oh, so thank it was you. A thank visual you. Um album um,
1: Is that, like, uh, they can't identify with the main characters because they're They're people of color? Yeah, or they're marginalized in some way? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's so silly. It is very silly. we have to marginalize. Fuck, we have to identify with, uh, like, white, cis men all the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, it goes back to what I was saying about how, like, a lot of dystopias are a straight, white, cis man's version of dystopia um and one could argue in some ways a kind of like right of center version of dystopia where like the greatest threat is for your autonomy to be taken away it's like oh sure like that whole anti communist rhetoric that's like obviously it's it's fascism in these societies like it's not but the whole notion of like taking your individuality i mean in rand's whole thing was the highest punishment is taking away, like, your individuality and, like, you're made to wear these uniforms and blah, blah, blah by people who otherwise conform to a very non-individualistic hegemonic narrative. Like, individuality is pretty punished, I think. Individuality within a certain narrow margin is encouraged, but when you go outside In of that US. and you, like, want to draw cemeteries when you're a kid and your mom's like, that don't turn into a goth, um... It's. It becomes punishable.
1: Um, you know what I mean? I think, in connection with that, something that we could talk about uh, pretty quickly is the importance of the ending of these dystopian mm-hmm. novels of this dystopian literature that we have experience with so the three that i'm going to discuss right now today in my uh ted talk welcome mm-hmm. is um the end- thank you uh is the ending of 1984 wherein winston has been uh reprogrammed and mm-hmm. is now a functioning old dying ill member of uh oceana um and like you know, has completely given in. And, uh, betrayed the, the spoilers for 1984, betrayed, like, the... Spoilers
0: for this book that came out, like, six years ago. The
1: supposed love of his life, and, like, said, kill her, not me, or, like, do this to her, not me. Um, Well,
0: and that's another whole can of worms about how women are treated in these societies, and how, Um, like, women still are the cannon fodder.
1: However, in, uh, the novel We by Zamyatin, which is, like, a 1920s Russian dystopian novel, um the ending features, uh, the, the male protagonist, um, torture and, like, arrest and reprogramming, um, and the female kind of protagonist, though not read through a perspective, uh, I-330, suppose, perhaps, we don't know for sure, toppling the government and recreating it under like, her leadership mm-hmm. and her mantra, um, which is fascinating to me that this is like a scenario in which w- a woman does anything, um, yeah, right? and then the ending of Brave New World wherein the quote unquote savage John uh, kills himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And again, Brave New spoilers. World has a
0: whole separate set of things to talk about, about like indigenous cultural appropriation, yeah, yeah. and how that guy's like the savage that they find on the reservation but he's the white dude. Um, like there's a he's not white. I thought he was white. I thought he was like a white dude that they had like gone savage. He was like raised by the quote unquote savages, but oh, he was a white dude. Right? He yeah. That's yeah. True. He, yeah. 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 He he's not he actually an indigenous dude. In, indigenous person. Yeah. He was but a white his dude. He was mom like,
1: and he were taken by they. They like had to live with the quote unquote savages yeah. because they were abandoned there.
0: Or Something by
1: yeah. the director, yes,
0: and that's why the actual indigenous folks don't get to like come back into that world, the white yes. guy does because it's a Tarzan situation where they like find the white kid in the Thank jungle you. and they're like, Come back to us.
1: That makes it a lot more, um, upsetting, yeah. I no, mean, that's, that's the whole thing is very upsetting, regardless of what it is. But you just reminded me of
2: the whole I wasn't thing, wasn't
0: that like woke? I mean. I hate that word, but I wasn't that, like, informed about indigenous issues at the time in my freshman year of high school when I read that, but mm-hmm. I remember reading it and being mm-hmm. like, I don't like this book. That's really icky.
1: Yeah, the whole thing is is icky. I think it raises a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and I can see why the, the, like, Aldous Huxley wrote it or whatever, Uh, but, like, it's, it was an icky way to write it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, too, it's, it's even in we happy few like i have you've talked about how there's like 12 character sprites over and over again uh-huh. and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of ethnic diversity in those character sprites from my just watching it um and so it's like how and i don't know if that'll change as we have yeah, it on know. or what have you um but it, it's like how often dystopias are written so that they're like just deviant enough but aren't willing to like privilege actual difference you know what i mean it's like the the. obviously there are a lot of dystopias and like cool dystopian and utopian sci-fi written by queer people and people of color
1: octavia butler is one of my favorite authors yeah o- octavia
0: time. butler rules um or and or women like margaret atwood writes a lot of dystopian mm-hmm. fiction and she's a white woman but mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. has a lot of interesting things to say about gender in her dystopias um, Handmaid's Tale is a whole other thing we could talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was I assigned to read that in high school? Yes. Did I read it? No. I've read it. Um, yeah, I should read it one of these days. You Uh-oh. would
1: be interested in the subject matter. However, what I'm saying is I don't know the ending of We Happy Pete mm-hmm. yet, but I feel like the endings to these dystopian novels are oftentimes so uh, depressing and mm-hmm. bleak. And I'm really curious to see, because a lot of video games traditionally follow the hero's tale journey model, mm-hmm. wherein they have. Pretty happy ending, mm-hmm. um, and like success for the people and who you are featured even, in yeah. them.
0: You could argue that some of those dystopias are like a perverse version of the hero's journey because the end of the hero's journey is he comes back home, mm-hmm. right? So, like in but in these dystopian fictions, he's forced back home. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Um,
0: and I just read The Odyssey, so the hero's journey is forefront on my mind. I get it. The quintessential hero's journey. Yes, um, he murders a lot of people when he gets home. It's he comes home and then murders everyone in his house. Um, all the suitors, because he's like the, the hot. This is a tangent, but the highest crime in the world of the Odyssey is being a poor host or guest. It's very interesting. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'll be interested to see if we Happy Few subverts that in any way, because I think it's it's so bleak because it's so interesting to me that not only can a lot of these authors not conceive of a world with more diverse difference, but that they can't see a world where the revolution is successful. Um, or where the individual is able uh, able to make any lasting change or whatever. It's like to me, it's almost. I mean, c- it seems it's a
1: cautionary tale. It's like Aesop's fables or whatever. Yeah, like it's like Aesop to... Rock. Yep, it's just like Aesop Rock. Um,
0: just like Bart. It's, it's just like, like Bart. take this one to the bank, boys. It's just like Aesop um, Rock.
1: <laughs> it's a series of niche references. Uh, I
0: don't think Aesop Rock is that niche.
1: I well, that's He's fair. He's a
0: pretty well known rapper, I would say. Anyway, I like him he raps good What was I, think.
1: My, I forget what my point was um but, but me, I, can I say something I, right? yeah you can say something it's perfect. sort of
0: it. it's <laughs> like reading Lee Edelman's No Future and how I disagreed with him on a lot of points because I, well I agree with the idea of queer anti-futurity I don't think it's a bleak prospect and I think it's maybe a generational or cultural difference where like it's
1: a race difference oh it's a
0: total race difference also where like for us as white people, I think it's partially a generational generational cultural difference where, like, a lot of, like, queer white millennials that I know cannot conceive of a future within the system as it exists and are excited to build our own version of that as opposed to just being sort of, like,
1: well, shucks.
0: crushed by the idea that we don't have a future under the system as it exists.
1: Yeah, uh, because I feel like that's that uh, kind of dual identity holding wherein if the system as it exists, as it exists falls... Then your white identity will not hold the power that you are used to, and I think that's Uh, part of the reason why Lee Edelman was like,
0: "Ah darn, ah
1: darn." Um, but fuck, what was my fucking point that I I had earlier? Um, we were talking about the endings. We were talking about the bleak endings, cautionary tale. um, Somebody can
0: can not only conceive can not only not conceive of a diverse dystopia, but also a dystopia where there is able to be any real change affected at the end. That's kinda of why I like Fahrenheit 451, because there's a glimmer of hope at the end of it and why I don't like a lot of dystopian fiction. Cause it's even on a, a neural level, it's like I don't need to envision a world that's completely oh, blank and I bleak I and I have no vision what I was of the future. Of. I have depression.
1: Um something that I uh was was always always like go back and forth on um is whether I think that in a dystopian narrative, whether queerness should be portrayed as being punished um yeah like why yeah because if it's representative of like the ills of our society but an exaggerated version of them or like a morphed version of them or a wacky skewed version of them should it be revealed that like queerness is punished like should it be exaggerated to Mm to draw attention to it or is Um, that
0: just doubling down or is
1: that just doubling down on it because i also don't think that it would be realistic to be like well what is queerness anyway? This world doesn't have that. That's, that's just, I don't like right. erasure as much as I don't like the overarching queer narrative that we're all going to die. Yeah, if everyone else is dying, I want to be included in the dying to, too. We deserve to, we
0: deserve to suffer as much as anyone else. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you. Yes. Um, but we I also don't want, too. but I also don't want an uninformed, like straight cis person writing well, that's, that narrative.
0: When I, I got in a, a conversation with another gay person in the car on the way what? to the Shakespeare. What? Retreat. Um, and we were. There's other about, gays outside right? of this room. We were. We were talking about, like, uh, <laughs> they're all around, they've surrounded the house. It's like that 20 gay <laughs> teens joke, yeah, 20 gay teens. How did you get in my house? <laughs> 20 gay teens, please stop yelling, you're in a coffee shop. Um,
1: Stella's every evening during the summer, yeah,
0: 20 gay teens all talking at once.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, <laughs> and we were talking about, uh, like in the context of actor representation mm-hmm. and like, should. We care whether gay roles are played by gay actors, and I say yes because I think I say yes, and I think the only circumstance Ooh, good where improv it's okay, instance. yes, and <laughs> the only circumstance where it's okay to just look at the acting pool and not try to consciously cast marginalized people to tell their own story is if the the overall storyteller, the director, and the producer, and everybody at the top of the ladder is of that so like if queer people are directing a queer play and decide to cast straight actors and queer roles and also queer actors and queer roles and queer actors in straight roles, and queer actors in straight roles and straight actors and straight roles that seems to be that's more belie- oh, believable oh thank god because that's what
1: i did for my show I yeah it's to. more well
0: it's more believable in terms of i'm just looking at the acting pool but if it's interesting if it's straight people all the way up yeah. Then it's just like, it's turtles, all the, way turtles down. all the way down, straight people all the way up. Mm-hmm. It's
1: <laughs> what a wacky world we live in.
0: Wow. It's, I don't know what that character <laughs> was, it. but I think I hate him. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't. Maybe I just need some time to get to know him. Yeah. It's, uh, it just always reads to me as like, no fucking way, no fucking way you couldn't find a qualified queer oh, person. Oh, yeah, I don't believe
1: role. the oppressor if they're telling me that, yeah. but I, I would Is believe like probably a fellow queer person.
0: Right, because then it's like, oh, you know what story you're, and I have to see the thing obviously, but you know what story you're trying to tell and you know how to tell it, but a straight person doesn't know how to tell the story because it's not their story. No matter how much research they can do into it, they can tell, it's like should you only write about things you know? I think you could write about experiences you don't have if the whole story is not about that experience. Like, I think a straight person can write queer characters if the story is not about them being queer. And maybe straight actors can play queer queer characters if the story is not, their character is not about them being queer. This is all being said as a person who, one of my favorite movies is Carol, where both of the leads are played by very well-known, not gay, as far as we know, actors. Mm-hmm. Um and the movie was directed by a gay man and written by a queer woman. And one of the other major roles in the film is played by Sarah Paulson, actual real life queer person Sarah Paulson. So it's sort of complicated in that regard. And like, if you're gonna sell a Hollywood film, you gotta sell a Hollywood film with well known actors. But mm-hmm. it's like, you that never think
1: you should cast Carla Johansson as an Asian person. Right. Or... Those are
0: very different situations. Yeah. Um. And. I think obviously there's not queer actors in the upper echelon because nobody will let us in because you have you know what I mean it's like tur- it goes all the way down.
1: I so- mean it reminds me a lot of uh, August Wilson's comments on colorblind casting in theater mm-hmm. and um, uh, his 1966 Princeton speech that everyone should read.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, oh, who's the person who had a rebuttal to that? It's not Toni Morrison, is it Toni Morrison? Let me look it up. Okay, <laughs> now we're starting to ramble, but. I feel like this is a good place, too.
1: And? and
0: yes. Y- yep. Uh-huh. And is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, so dystopias, what about them? Are they queer? Yeah. Fuck
1: if I know.
0: Fuck if I know anything uh kai's gonna keep playing we happy few we will update you when we have more to say about it and certainly once they finish it and we know the ending and i also want to talk about is it a horror game another part and maybe we'll talk about horror games a genre that neither of us play
1: i would like to play a horror game as an example
0: i'm gonna play the last of us i'm gonna do it i bought it Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna play it you bought it and i'm gonna play the second one hooray i just made a very excited i watched aaron play the whole thing the first time uh, there was a PAX East Sale in the PlayStation Store this past weekend. Mm. I don't know if it's still going, but if it is, go buy some games. I got the Bloodborne Ultimate Edition for $12. Tight. And it has the DLC and shit.
1: So we're going to keep playing new games. We're, we're going to keep, keep updating you all. We're going to games. Yeah.
0: And being gay. Yep. You can find us on social <laughs> media on Facebook and Instagram. Well, on Instagram and Twitter, at Gay Gamers.
1: With a Z. With a Z.
0: Uh, even though Twitter is a hell place. You can find us. Oh, the whole internet is a hell place. It no, was all a mistake. It's
1: all It's all It's how
0: I feel about it today. And you can find us on Facebook. I think you can search at Gay Gamers uh, or just search If It's Gay We Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably easier, actually. To, if you're going to tag us, it's easier to go at Gay Gamers. Yeah. You can email us at play at gmail.com.
1: Please email us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to sound desperate, but we like to talk to you.
1: I am desperate.
0: Well, Kai wants to sound desperate.
1: I am so desperate you can for human contact
0: well you can you can strip. whoa <laughs> buddy you, we'll talk about it after the show <laughs> um you can listen to us what you're doing right now mm-hmm. so it's like sort of a meta thing yeah you can yeah, find yeah. Us on itunes you can find us on any tell your friends that you, they can find us on itunes and the podcatcher of their choice pretty much we're on spotify we're on google play we're on cast form we're everywhere baby we're right behind you right now Turn around. It's Don't us. Don't do it. Don't do it. We've got a delicious pie that we baked for you. It's <laughs> vegan. I hope you like it.
2: Also, while, while I'm here, can you look at this thing on my lip and tell me if it's a cold sore?
0: <laughs> yeah. Aaron wants to know if the thing on his lip is a cold sore, if you could just do that before you dig into the pie. Real quick. Real quick. Uh, enjoy your pie and keep playing game.
1: Keep being games.
2: And fuck shit up. Okay, we love you. Bye. bye.